Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. To fantasy baseball today on June 24th. Frank Sample joined by Scott White. Today on the show, more Frankie Montas domination. Dansby Swanson, that guy is trying to get paid. He's having a massive season. <laughs> Week 13 sleepers, two star pitchers. But before all of that, Scotty, I might have to talk to the artist who made Kokomo Friday. Because I have dropped Connor Joe outside of my top 60 outfielders. <laughs> so I am a fraud. Poor Doc Kratzer. Yeah. Can't stay ahead of the trends. Mm. You are a fraud. I, I am don't a know. fraud. Or the song's a fraud. You fell out of love. You were in love <laughs> with Connor Joe. You've moved on. You're about to get married, actually. That's true. Uh, that's a little too personal. Nah, that's, that's Not, cool. It's, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you've moved on. It's a little programming update, I guess, uh, for next week. I'll, I'll be out a few days towards the end of the week and the following week around July 4th. Because, yes, I'm getting married. But alas, yes. Honestly, Doc Crotz here, you did a great job with the song. It has nothing to do with you. It just just has to do with Connor Joe. It's not you. It's 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 actually, it is, it's not me. It's you. That's what I meant to say. Anyway. Connor Joe got on base three times today. Well, that's good. Let's jump right in. Oh, my good, goodness gracious. All right. Oh, my goodness gracious. Standouts from Thursday. Where would you like to start, Scotty? I would like to start with the player who who might be the best hitter in baseball because this player is number one in average exit velocity, number one. Oh, I'm sorry, not number one in max exit velocity, only 99th percentile. But anyway, number one in average exit velocity, number one in hard hit rate, number one in X well, but number one in X batting average, number one in X slug. And he now has four home runs in three games. This after missing some time with a hand injury that I think there were some fears at one point might be a broken handmate bone. Fortunately, it's not. And that player is Jordan Alvarez. Jordan Alvarez. My gosh, I'm not exaggerating when I say he might be the best hitter in baseball. He is batting 317 now for the year, 317 with a 665 slugging percentage. Those are the actual stats, 317 and 665. His expected stats are 364 and 767. <laughs> Like he's underperforming his expected batting average by nearly 50 points, and he's still producing a league leader type batting average. Like he is just like obliterating the ball. And yeah, I mean, if we're redrafting today, I think he would probably be in the top five. I mean, I had him when we did this a quarter ago, I had him in quarter of the season ago. I had him in my first round, uh, but I think maybe top five now, maybe. Yeah, I think I think that all makes sense, Scott. You you read out the numbers. He leads baseball in slugging percentage as well. Leads baseball in OPS right now. Yordan Alvarez does. He's the eighth best player overall in roto leagues this season. Mind you, that's someone who has zero stolen bases on the season. So just an elite four mm-hmm. category contributor. And even in points leagues, fantastic plate discipline. He was the seventh best hitter overall entering Thursday's action behind only Jose Ramirez, Aaron Judge, Paul Goldschmidt, Rafi Devers, P. 
Pete Alonzo and Bryce Harper. So some elite company there for your Don Alvarez. I agree. Uh, you know, we were talking beforehand. I, I think, you know, maybe in that six to eight range, I'm not sure that he cracks the top five, but he's right on that verge. And I actually moved him ahead of Juan Soto in the rankings, which maybe that's like a mild yeah. spicy take, did, but did you have Juan Soto in the top five when, when last we did that exercise? Yeah, I actually think I was the one who drafted him. We did we did the two-round draft right around Memorial Day, and I think I took Soto either fifth or sixth overall, and I think Alvarez was like a late first or early second-round pick for us in that draft. So, mm. hey, a couple more months of data, and, and this is where we find ourselves. And look, uh, I think last year was kind of him just getting his legs back underneath him, Yordan Alvarez, and now we're just seeing full throttle. The guy is absolutely amazing. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, go back to what he did as a rookie. He was basically the best hitter in baseball for that half season. And, uh, and yeah, um, I mean, the data is, I just pointed out all the data. It's, it's, it's judge-like. Like, I, you, you wouldn't think judge has company in, in terms of how well he impacts the ball, but I think he does now in Alvarez. So it's... Well, technically, Alvarez is better, right? I mean, you, you read well, everything yes, off. Yeah, now, so. yes, I... You know he's been ridiculously hot in June. I I imagine it. It's kind of it's kind of like they're on their own though. Is the point? All right. Well, shout out to those Houston Astros for giving my Yankees the win on Thursday. What a dramatic win for those Yankees. Aaron Hicks game tying home run. No one wants to hear about it, but if it happens happens against the Astros, I've just I've got to gloat about it. From one of the best hitters in the game to. Honestly, this season, one of the best pitchers in the game, Frankie Montas, who took a no-hitter into the eighth inning against the Seattle Mariners and somehow did not wind up with the win because that is just the way the Oakland A's are uh, programmed nowadays. He finishes eight shutout innings, two hits, two walks, eight strikeouts overall, 12 swinging strikes on 102 pitches. Velocity was up around one mile per hour across the board here for Frankie Montas. Scott, there's not really much else to add outside of... I. Kind of wish he would get traded so that he has more chances at wins, but uh, the ERA is now 3.21 over a strikeout per inning. Great ground ball rate, great swinging strike rate. Montas is just a bona fide top 15 starting pitcher. Well, what's what's encouraging about this is he did it, he threw a splitter less than 20% of the time, and that's kind of his make or break pitch. Uh, it, it's what he broke out with in 2019, and, and then... When he struggled thereafter, it, it's because he it, it didn't seem like he was emphasizing the splitter enough. And then he brought it back more than ever in the second half last year and took this enormous leap forward. So, you know, he, he threw it less than 20% of, this, uh, of the time in this start and still got great results. He'd actually been struggling in June because he was throwing the splitter less. And I don't know that it was just, you know... Throw the splitter more, guy. Like the splitter had been less effective too. It hasn't been getting as many whiffs in the month of June, and and that's something we've talked about with Frankie Montas before, where you know maybe the reason his splitter usage goes up and down, and the effectiveness tends to go up and down with it, is because it's it's a pitch that you know you can lose the feel for, and it becomes yeah. less effective for stretches, and uh, maybe that's what's been going on with him in June, but. It was nice to see him deliver a dominant start in spite of that. Yeah, I mean, I think with that, we could even kind of compare it to what's going on with Kevin Gosman, right? Someone who relies so heavily on his splitter, even though that pitch has still been amazing for him. He's kind of been going th through it recently. So we've seen that before from uh, pitchers who rely so heavily on that pitch. Uh, but regardless, Frankie Montas has been amazing and hoping over the next couple of weeks or so, he gets dealt somewhere and... Uh, has a chance at more wins moving forward. Let's take a look at some other starting pitcher standouts outside of Frankie Montas. On the other side of that game, Robbie Ray has now allowed one earned run or fewer in three straight starts. He goes six innings, one run, six strikeouts. Uh, still used that sinker quite a bit, not as much as he had been using it. Uh, actually leaned into a harder curveball, which haven't really seen him use that much this season. So I think Robbie Ray is just kind of mixing and matching and figuring it out, but He's been very good over his last three starts. Clayton Kershaw tossed his first quality start since returning from the IL. He was at the Reds, six innings of one-run ball with seven strikeouts. And Framber Valdez has now turned in 11 straight quality starts. This one at the Yankees, six innings, three runs, seven strikeouts. And 
people might not realize just how good he is in points leagues. I have him as a top 25 starting pitcher in that format just because he goes so deep, Scott, and he gives you mm-hmm. innings and, and volume and quality starts and all these ground balls. And, and Valdez Probably a lot has of been, wins on the Astros, too. I mean, yeah. Yep. So uh, anything you'd like to add on those three? Kershaw, Robbie Ray, Framber Valdez. Let's see. Valdez didn't get a win today. We don't often check in on win-loss record because it's not viewed as predictive. It's not predictive, but obviously uh, there are reasons why a pitcher might have more than another pitcher who's just as good. Yeah, 7-3 and three is Framber Valdez's win-loss record. So that's helping his points league value as well. Helping his value in any league that rewards wins. It is the most valuable pitching statistic, the win, for as little as we talk about it. And I've already explained why we don't talk about it much, but but it is the most valuable. So that is making him more valuable. Because he relies so much on ground balls, I think the whip is gonna that's gonna suppress his his roto value, his categories value a bit. But I have no complaints if I drafted Framber Valdez, that's for sure. Uh, let's see. If you had to guess, if you had to guess for Amber Valdez whip on the season, Scott, what would you think it is? Well, I got the page open. So ah. I, I know what it is. <laughs> but you can reveal it to the listeners at home. Yeah, so 1.13 this season for Valdez. He, he still walks a good amount, but he's giving up less hits this season. And you know, overall for his career, that had been an issue. But uh, it's nice to see mm-hmm. a little bit lower whip this season for Valdez. Uh, let's see. Who else here? Uh, eh, nothing that notable, I would say. You know, Kershaw continues to stay healthy, get it done. Kershaw actually is, the Dodgers have a series at Coors Field next week, so he is a two-star pitcher, but one of them is at Coors Field. So, I, you know, I still think he's an automatic start, but that that makes you a little bit nervous. Sure. Um, would you look to sell high on Clayton Kershaw while he's still healthy, Scott? Obviously, has dealt with like elbow and forearm stuff, which is scary. And he's older. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it's a bad idea. I just, I don't know who's going to buy high on him. Right. Because I think everybody knows the deal with Clayton Kershaw. Especially in a dynasty league. <clears throat> oh, well, yeah. You I know, mean, he's... if anyone in the Scott White dynasty league listening wants Clayton Kershaw, <laughs> send offers. He's available. I have him, if you haven't realized. Yeah, that. Uh, uh, most likely you're just going to enjoy him. Yeah. Maybe not in a, in a dynasty league you'll because you're, you're willing to trade him to a contender for something uh, that a contender can give up. But in a, a, a regular fantasy situation, I think your best bet is probably just to enjoy him because I'm not sure the return's going to be good enough. All right. Otherwise. Uh, Chris and I spoke a ton about Lucas Gilito yesterday and obviously struggling mightily the past couple, I mean, uh, more than the past couple starts. But, um, if you could turn Kershaw into Giolito right now, Scott, would you do that? I don't think I would. No. Ooh. All right. So does that mean you're more worried about uh, Giolito than the average person? I'm not that worried about Giolito. I just think, I guess I'm, I'm maybe I'm less worried about Kershaw than the average yeah. person. Fair enough. Uh, I would make that swap if I could do it. I, I have yeah. uh, Giolito ranked a few spots ahead of Kershaw. I, I still think that he'll you know he'll get back on track here. And I, I do worry about the injury concerns quite a bit for Clayton Kershaw. Any interest in these pitchers who performed well on Thursday? Ranger Suarez, a strong start at the Padres, seven and a third innings of two-run ball, only three strikeouts. He's down to 70% rostered, and he faces the Braves next week. They absolutely crush left-handed pitching. And don't look now, but Zach Plesak has five straight quality starts. He was at the Twins, six innings of one-run ball, six strikeouts here. Uh, The velocity up between 1 and 1.5 miles per hour on three different pitches. And over his last five starts, a 2.40 ERA, 22 strikeouts over 30 innings pitched. He's not getting whiffs. He's not getting ground balls. But he's only allowed four walks during that five-start stretch. So that seems to really be helping Plesak right now. Scott, what do you think of uh, maybe adding those two in shallower leagues? Ranger Suarez, Zach Plesak. Not much interest, uh, especially in Plesak. If if all of these quality starts had been as good as this one in Minnesota on Thursday, you know, where he gets a strikeout per inning, maybe it'd be different. But his previous two starts, he had a combined, combined three strikeouts, and so no, no, I don't see, I don't see much to get excited about there for Plesak. Ranger Suarez, 
Yeah, I'm kind of past him too. He does have good ground ball skills, which is more than I can say for Plesak, but they, they're not that, he doesn't have that outlier ground ball rate he had last year. And meanwhile, he's walking a lot more guys. And when you're not a big strikeout pitcher, you have to do those other things, I think, really, really well to be a, a, a true fantasy asset. You know, outside of a Sparp and points leagues, I just, I don't see Ranger Suarez having much value anymore, despite how well he pitched on Thursday. All right, fair enough. From the good outings to some of the bad ones, let's quickly run through each of these, see if you have any concern over them. Joe Musgrove uh, got crushed coming off the COVID IL up against the Phillies. He gave up six runs over six innings pitched. His first time allowing more than two earned runs this season. Scott, are we giving Musgrove a pass here? Uh, you know, coming off the COVID IL, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> he hadn't allowed two, more than two earned runs in his start yet. Every single one of quality starts. So yeah. even if he wasn't coming back from a pot, uh, like he actually tested positive for COVID. And, yeah, and he was back uh, pretty quickly too. Yeah, which I don't know that's why he struggled. And sure. Because he missed you know, more time in between starts. Maybe it was just rust. Maybe it was just baseball. But yeah, there's, there's no reason to freak out about... Uh, about Musgrove, as reliable as he's been for you. Yeah, he was due, right? It's just, he's, he was so money all season long. It's just kind of natural regression there for Joe Musgrove. Alex Wood recorded just three outs at the Braves. I mentioned they crushed lefties, and that's exactly what they did here. He records one inning of work, six runs allowed. The ERA climbs to 5.05. Yet the underlying numbers still look pretty good for Alex Wood. He's 78% rostered. I think some people might look to just spite drop Alex Wood here, Scott. What do you think? Well, I spite drop. He's you know he's he's not he's not the sort of player who I think you need to ride through thick and thin. I, I think he's better than his numbers, and I do have him as a sleeper pitcher for this upcoming week. It's not the greatest week for sleeper pitchers, granted, but I have him on the list, and it's not like he got crushed in this start. The stat line was awful, but. I mean, it's not like he got hit hard. He had the second inning was really where things fell apart. He walked two guys, he hit a guy, he allowed two infield singles. Mm. It was just kind of, kind of a case of everything going wrong all at once. Uh, death by a thousand paper cuts sort of deal for Alex Wood. So, drop him if you don't need him for next week. But if you if you do need an extra starter, I, I like his. His matchup, if I can refresh my memory on who it is, Detroit, of course, the best matchup of all. Yes, indeed. Against left-handed pitching this season, the Tigers are 22nd in weighted on base average. So a strong matchup there for Alex Wood next week. Kyle Wright, not great on the other side, up against the Giants. Five and a third, 10 hits, four earned runs allowed over his last nine starts. So yeah, obviously there's a lot of good in here. There is some bad, uh, but... His last nine starts, he's got a 4.0 ERA on the dot. He still has over a strikeout per inning, still getting a good amount of ground balls. Swinging strikes have been solid. Uh, but Scott, any concern that Kyle Wright has uh, slowed up a little bit over the past two months? Yeah, I'm not really sure what's going on with him. The The swinging strikes have generally been there, so it, I, I don't think he's lost his stuff uh, that that obviously fueled his breakthrough breakout at the start of the year. He just was in every way a more effective pitcher, but most noticeably in terms of him missing more bats. And that's mostly continued. 21 hits over a two-start span is an all of a lot of hits. But, you know, it's not it's not the thing that's most within his control either. And him being such a extreme ground ball pitcher, uh, that puts it even less in his control. So... I want to be freaking out about right, but I'm a little, I'm a little concerned. If it was, a, if we were doing a worryometer segment, I might go like three point five for right. All right, fair enough. Uh, I thought I just saw in one of our roto leagues together that Chris, who's been in first place all season long in this league, I thought he dropped to second, but not yet. You're you're closing briefly. in. He did briefly. Oh, he did. All right. Yeah, I yeah, see. You're 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 closing in here a little bit on on Chris in that league. So I'm trying. Uh, I'm trying, Jennifer. Me, not so good. <laughs> Jeez, what am I? Uh, 12, 11, 10, 9, eighth place. All right. Well, let's not talk about that anymore. <laughs> let's uh, let's take a look at Hunter Green. He had a, a rough start up against the Dodgers. 
you know, it's the Dodgers. Six innings over five innings of work. He, uh, six runs allowed. I believe I said six innings. Six runs over five innings of work. He allowed three home runs. Uh, it's just really a nightmare matchup against a patient slugging offense in Cincinnati. I don't really take much away from this, Scott. Um, Hunter Green is at the Cubs next week, so I think that's an okay matchup. Yeah, I mean, he's gotten crushed the last two starts, five combined home runs, and his fastball gets crushed in general. Apart from that one start a couple turns ago where it, it played better for some reason. Uh, I, I don't like that he went away from emphasizing the slider in this start. You know, his his best stretch, he was throwing it about 50% of the time, and he was down to uh, about a third of the time, a little more than a third of the time in this start. So that's probably not helping him. Like the the fastball needs to be his second pitch if if it's going to get hit as hard as it does. And I know it's weird to say that because he's one of the hardest throwing starting pitchers in history, is Hunter Green. But the results are what they are, and so hopefully he gets back to throwing that slider more. All right, Jameson Tyone. I think I know what you're going to say about this, Scott. He was hit hard against the Houston Astros. He gave up six runs on 10 hits over five and two-thirds innings pitched, 13 hard hits allowed against one of the best offenses in the game. And over his last four starts, Tyone has a 5.82 ERA. Overall numbers are still very good because the control has been fantastic. Nine walks in 14 starts this season, but... I know you haven't been the biggest believer of Tyone regardless. Regression, it's coming. Yes, yeah. it is happening right now before our very eyes. Uh, you know, he has a 363 XFIP on the year, which is not a great XFIP. It's not a that bad. It, it's, it's frankly it's solid. I was, I expected worse. I think that that walk rate is so outrageously good that it's helping to bring it down. And I don't necessarily take that as a good sign because how long can you sustain a, a walk rate as low as the one Tyone's had this year? Right. Just seems a little far-fetched. So I love his matchups next week. Two-star pitcher going against Oakland and Cleveland. Oof. So you're going you're gonna to activate him come, even coming off this bad start. But yeah, I, I think his best is probably behind him. And maybe, hopefully, he'll turn into more good starts this upcoming week and you'll be able to have one last shot. Maybe not yet. Last shot, but you know, you'll have it. You'll have more time to sell high on Tyone. Okay. Fair enough. Let's talk about some hitters. Shall we not enough respect potentially for some of these guys, uh, John birdie. I mean, if he, it feels like we talk about him every day, but he just steals the base or it, or, or maybe two every single day, two for four, two more steals. He now leads major league baseball with 21 steals on the season. He's 55% rostered. I don't know that that needs to be higher, Scott, because John Birdie doesn't need to be rostered in points leagues. But I'm just wondering, you know, we got an email like, should he be ranked higher than he is? I think you can make the argument the way that he's just running rampant right now, well, basically. But we have a long so track record of him just kind of, you know, being who he yeah. is. Yeah, he's a 32-year-old light-hitting utility infielder. Who's... Fast, he's stolen bases in bunches before, but I mean, it, he's stolen 19 bases in a month's time, and obviously that's ridiculous. That's nothing. That's not the sort of you don't see a guy do that in the modern game. That's a 120 steal pace over a full season. <laughs> sustain what he's done over the last month, which means he won't. So I, I think it's a mistake to. To, to, to rank him for those numbers he's already put up. I mean, if you got him in your lineup at the start of that stretch, especially if you're in like a roto league, he's given you this, this advantage in the steals category that you may not lose. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, we, we rank, we evaluate players for today forward. And... I'm not saying John Birdie won't steal another 20 bases this season. He may. There's pretty good chance he does. But he won't steal 60 bases the rest of the season, you know? He, right. He won't be an everyday player the rest of the season. I feel pretty confident saying that uh, once once the Marlins get a little healthier. Once maybe he, you know, he's done a good job getting on base lately, but I don't trust him to sustain that. So I, I think... 
if he's still out there in your league and you need stolen bases, of course, pick him up, see how, see where it goes. But in terms of how I want to rank him rest of season, whether I should advise, I would advise trading for him or anything like that. I, I would say, uh, I'd say proceed cautiously. And with that, I, I will, I would also say that if you've built up a good lead in steals in your Roto or Categories League, maybe look to flip him to someone who's desperately in need of that category uh, for something else that you need on your team. I will push back a little bit, Scott, on the uh, getting on base part of things because he's always walked a lot and you know career 348 OBP. That's you know, that's pretty solid for a, a leadoff pretty type solid. hitter. What is yeah. it right now for this season? Like 380? Three, like if he, if he, yeah, 383. Yeah, if he can sustain a 383 on base percentage, he might just stay in the lineup. But I don't think he will. I think it'll it'll drop more to that 340 range and uh his lack of pop, especially when they're healthier as I said, will will put him back in his more customary role. Is my guess of how it plays out. Of course I could be wrong, but that's that's how I think it'll go for Birdie cuz as somebody who's bought into Birdie in the past, that's <laughs> that's how it's always played out. Fair enough. Uh, I will point out one last thing on him. On Yahoo, 67% rostered. And I, I feel like the standard format on Yahoo is head-to-head categories. So that makes sense that you know he is 67% rostered there. It's a little bit lower on TBS where you know we do have more points leagues, obviously. Jock Peterson, we don't talk about Jock Peterson much. He's just quietly having a very, very good season. He went two for four, hit his 16th home run on Thursday. And that is a 40-homer pace over 150 games. Now, he's not going to play 150 games because he doesn't play against lefties, but that's still an amazing pace. And, you know, at this point, Scott, wouldn't surprise me if Jock Peterson winds up with 30 homers this year. He's hitting 271. He's got a 919 OPS. He's 78% rostered. I don't know that there's anything actionable outside of maybe us giving a little bit more respect to Jock Peterson this season. Yeah, it's weird this deep into his career that he's he's kind of achieved a level of consistency he's never shown before and look it could always change i think i think he's you know obviously if you're in a daily league you can play the matchups with him a little easier and that makes him even more attractive but if you're in a weekly league you know i i don't know that i could justify rostering him in a points league with all the time he's going to miss in like a five outfielder league yeah, I mean, obviously he needs to be rostered, and then you just look at the matchups ahead of time, see how many righties are going versus how many lefties are going, and, and maybe make a decision based on that. So, yeah, I would say, how rostered is he, Peterson? 78% rostered? That's probably about right. Yeah. You mentioned the odd consistencies had this year, at least an 821 OPS in each month, so... Yeah, we're not used to that from Jock Peterson. And, you know, the Giants have a weird way of, of working their magic on these hitters. And I mean, this, this is the ninth year of his career. He's betting, uh, well, he came into Thursday's game betting 266. That's his career high batting average by almost 20 points this yeah. deep into his career, 266, you know? Yeah. So I think you, so would, you would have to bet on him on that regressing. It doesn't have to happen. You know, maybe he's just gotten better this season, but. You know, yeah. when we have that I've much a, of a I've had a hard time with him because I, I expected more of a... And he did have one rough stretch earlier this year, I think like early May. But obviously it, it didn't last as long. It wasn't as bad as, as some of what we've seen from Peterson in the past. All right. The last hitter I wanted to mention who gets no respect... I'm such a fraud. I, I, don't, I don't even know that I've watched anything with Rodney Dangerfield in my life, so... Just forget uh, I said that. You seen Caddyshack? I I don't think so. Yeah. Shouldn't surprise. Not, shouldn't doesn't, surprise. It anybody. doesn't really do it for me. I don't yeah. know. Fair yeah. enough. Uh, let's uh, talk about Dansby Swanson, who went three for four, two more home runs, a double dong on Thursday. He's now batting three oh two. I mean, legit five category contributor, three oh two batting average, twelve homers, eleven steals, forty seven runs, forty one RBI. He was a top four shortstop in both head-to-head points and Roto before this game, and he's in a contract year. So the guy is looking to get paid. Scott, I moved him up to my 13th ranked shortstop, which just seems disrespectful how great he's playing, but can we realistically move him ahead of Corey Seager and Marcus Semien and, and Wander Franco? I, I didn't. I wasn't willing to move him ahead of those guys. I moved yeah. him ahead of like Willie Adamas. And, Same and Correa too for me. 
I mean, Correa has been really hot he has. himself since coming back from injury. So that's a that's a that's a closer call. Uh, I would say, I would say, given Dansby Swanson's track record, it's right to be skeptical of this. Though I will point out, like it's not just, it's not just okay. He's gotten hot in June, going back. To April 26th, Dansby Swanson's batting 338 with 12 homers, 10 steals. Now, his plate discipline numbers are pretty much the same. How hard he hits the ball, pretty much the same. So I got to think, let me double check here. I mean, it's a high line drive rate. It's not a line, like he, he's had line drive rates like this before. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like the expected stats say he's, it's pretty much legit. And yet I'm not sure where the improve, like if, if you go through piecemeal, where the improvement actually came from for Dansby Swanson, unless you're seeing it. No, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, a few things have increased marginally hard hit rate up, you know, four percentage points from last year, launch angle up a bit, barrel rate up a bit. He's just kind of in, improved a little bit across you know across the yeah. board but it's yeah there's nothing that really stands out that that's that says he's doing something differently to sustain being i i don't know a, a borderline like superstar player for fantasy so he's running a lot which is good and and he's right. he's moved up in the batting order he's he's batted he batted first today but he's typically been batting second and of course that comes with all kinds of advantages but we're not used to see him batting 300, you know, we're used to seeing him that 250, 260. And uh, I don't know. I, I would I would still suspect that's what the kind of hitter he's going to be moving forward, but hopefully with more with a better steals pace and hopefully still at the, near the top of the lineup. In theory, he is a sell-high candidate because we don't think that he is going to keep this pace up. But if I had Dansby Swanson on my team, I'm telling you, it would be pretty hard for me to give him up right now, as well as he is playing. So Yeah, I I'll agree. Just, I'll just leave it there. Before we hit the break, Fantasy Baseball Today is here to help you dominate your league all season long, but now you can represent your favorite podcast with official Fantasy Baseball Today gear only found on the CBS Sports Store. Discover t-shirts, mugs, sweatpants, laser-engraved pint glasses, hats, water bottles, and more to remind your buddies how you got the inside scoop to crush the competition. Right now, Fantasy Baseball Baseball Today listeners will get 20% off orders when they use this podcast exclusive code Fantasy Baseball 20 during checkout. That's Fantasy Baseball 20, and it's only available for our listeners. Head over to store.cbsports.com slash collections slash fantasy baseball today and shop now. The link is in the podcast and YouTube description as well. And if you want to hear the latest on top prospects, make sure to listen to our Saturday episode of Fantasy Baseball Today in 5. It's our five-minute podcast. You can download and follow wherever you listen to this podcast. And last week, we basically spoke it into existence. A bunch of prospects we talked about got called up. So maybe we'll work a little bit more magic this upcoming weekend. Let's take a break, and we'll return right after this. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together, and nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck, and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. 
That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. The news and notes. Bryce Harper will have his elbow reevaluated next week. He's been limited to designated hitter all season due to a partially torn UCL. And frankly, it has not affected his production. So hopefully it stays that way and doesn't get any worse. Jeremy Pena participated in all pregame activities prior to Thursday's matchup with the Yankees. He is currently on the IL with left thumb discomfort. Ty France left early after his arm got caught by a player who was running by first base. So he reached out to make a play and, and that person ran into his arm and it looked kind that's of scary. scary. Yeah. yeah, that's 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 what happened to Max Muncy, I think. Yeah, and the x-rays came back negative. So I think he's going to go for an MRI on Friday and hopefully all good there on Ty France. Liam Hendricks began throwing this week and is recovering well from his forearm injury. I think I saw recently that... Uh, Early July is when he's looking to return. Byron Buxton has missed two straight due to a sore right knee. You know, Scott, evaluating Byron Buxton this season, well, I guess insert every season, is <laughs> pretty tough because he goes through these stretches where he's kind of, it looks like he's playing hurt and, he, and he's not doing well. And then, you know, I lower him in the rankings. And then for the next week, he just mashes home runs and then he just kind of falls off again. So I don't know. Where are you at on Byron Buxton? Yeah, frustrating player. I, I they they seem to be giving him more maintenance days this year, which is kind of what this is. The last two games, it sounds like he's going to be back for the weekend, and so that that adds to the frustration. Uh, but I I think when he's in the lineup, he tends to be so productive. I think you just you just start him and and maybe not think about it so much, unless it sounds like an IL stint forthcoming. Obviously. What a weird stat line this year, man. 228 batting average, 19 home runs. Fantastic. One stolen base. You know, he's dealing with this knee I injury. I don't I don't think they're going to let him run much. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And and that's what you probably drafted Bucks in for. So, um it's we it, you yeah. know, it's still productive, but it's not the way that you it's, would expect it to be. It's yeah, it's a part of what you drafted him for. I mean, it's, he obviously proved his his worth as a hitter last year even without the steals. Fair enough. Uh, Aaron Ashby is feeling great and is scheduled for a bullpen session on Saturday. He was recently placed on the IL with left forearm inflammation. Kid Brian Hayes was cleared of any major injuries after a collision at home plate on Thursday. Seiya Suzuki has resumed hitting in the batting cage since reporting to the Cubs spring training complex for his rehab program. There's uh, he's been on the IL since May 30th with a sprained left index finger. Manny Margot was transferred to the 60-day IL with that right knee sprain. Giants outfielder Luis Gonzalez was placed on the IL with a lower back strain, retroactive to June 22nd. Lorenzo Cain has been released by the Brewers. I would assume he latches on somewhere as maybe a fourth outfielder or something like that. White Sox utility man Danny Mendick was diagnosed with a torn right ACL, and as a result, you know they're dealing with a few players banged up right now. Moncada on the IL. They called up Lennon Sosa, who, if you listen to our prospect report on FBT and 5, you know Scott mentioned him a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago. Uh, he is tearing it up at AA. 331 batting average, 14 homers, just a 14% strikeout rate. He's there, he's very interesting, Scott. I just I don't know if he's going to stick around. I don't know either. He probably should be the one playing second base, but Tony Larusa. I prefer to go with Josh Harrison, with Lurie Garcia, even though they're both bad. Uh, it seems like kind of a waste to put Lennon Sosa up from double A on the major league roster not to play him, but that's that's the manager's prerogative, and he was out of the lineup for his first game. I am interested in Sosa. I'm not I'm not saying he's a priority pickup right now. I don't think he's like a, a big enough name prospect, and as you point out, we don't know how much he's actually going to play. But worth keeping an eye on. I, I have I had preemptively picked him up in several dynasty leagues, and it kind of reminds me of Jose Miranda's breakthrough last year, where it, you know you look at the minor league track record and it's like, where did this come from? 
and he's just he's just learned to be more selective at the plate to to key in on his pitch and not miss it when he gets it and it's led to some studly numbers i've been keeping an eye on that batting average all season for lennon sosa i, I think this 331 marks about the lowest it's been all right, interesting. So pay attention there. He's 3% rostered you know, in the deepest leagues, and let's see what happens. Red Sox prospect Jeter Downs was optioned back to AAA after going 0-4 for 4 with three strikeouts in his debut on Wednesday. Never really understood that one. And we had a massive trade. Sarcasm. Steven Duggar was traded to the Rangers in exchange for Willie Calhoun, what's dead may never die. The dream lives on. Willie Calhoun, if you are listening, I will always love you. And I will never quit. <laughs> and I hope eventually you turn into a great player for the San Francisco Giants. I don't know, Scott. I just I think everyone has just these random players that they latch onto. Willie Calhoun has always been one of those for me. Yeah, I hear you. And who is that? Mm, there was a player who came up the other day, and I can't remember now. Somebody that I want to give up on. Oh, Daniel Vogelbach. It wasn't the other day. It was a few weeks ago. Daniel Vogelbach. I, I still think there might be something there. <laughs> I still do. Oh, man. And you know what? If there is any organization that will figure out a hitter, it's the Giants. So I'm rooting for you, Willie Calhoun. Players who missed Thursday's action with injury, Luis Robert uh, dealing with a leg injury, which forced him to leave Wednesday's action. And Luke Voigt was out due to a hamstring uh, injury himself. Week 13. Let's preview next week. The schedule is quite spread out. We have four teams with five games. The Diamondbacks, the Tigers, the Mets, and the Giants. And I would say the must-start players there, Cattell Marte, Pete Alonso, Francisco Lindor, Starling Marte. The maybes I have, Jock Peterson, Alec Thomas, Javier Baez, Riley Green, Jeff McNeil. What do you think about that group, Scott? Should you be starting any of those, all of them? Uh, the way Javier Baez has been heating up, probably him. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the others are are musts, though. You know, they're, I, I could certainly see myself starting like Alec Thomas in some leagues or, yeah, I mean, it, it really any of them, depending on what your need is. I would say Javier Baez is the most appealing of them with the way he's performed recently. All right. 17 teams have six games next week. Six teams have seven games. And three lucky teams have eight games. The Cleveland Guardians, the Minnesota Twins, and the Toronto Blue Jays. Start or sit these fringy two-start options. Eric Lauer, the regression continues. He is at Tampa Bay and at the Pirates next week. So with that Pirates matchup, with it being a two-start week, I'm leaning yes on Eric Lauer. And in his most recent start, the result wasn't good, but the velocity was up a little on the fastball. He got more swinging strikes, double-digit swinging strikes again. Hadn't done that in a while. You know, I'm still down on him overall, but I, I think you I think you write him out this week. All right. Well, this is probably the biggest one in question next week. Lucas Gilito at the Angels at the Giants. If you're looking to preserve ratios, so if it's a categories league, ERA whip, you're you want to protect those. I think you steer clear of Gilito. I think you wait to see him get back on track. I don't think you get lured in by that two-star week. But if if you're not looking to protect ratios, because let's say it's a points league, for instance, and you could live with him giving up four and runs in five innings or whatever, uh, or worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I see. so I have him in the points league only section of my two-star pitcher rankings, which puts him 22nd among the group. All right, Paul Blackburn is at the Yankees and at the Mariners. Not a big Blackburn guy, and obviously coming off a bad start, but I still think it points leagues. You could run him out there. Zach Plesak, we mentioned earlier, he's up against the Twins and up against the Yankees. It's a no for me. And the last one is Jose Quintana that I have on this list. Uh, he tossed his first quality start since May 15th on Thursday. He looked pretty good against his former team, the Cubs. Six innings, two runs, six strikeouts. He is going up against the Nationals and the Brewers next week. Yeah, he did have a good start in, in this one on Thursday, but we haven't seen a lot of those lately from him. Uh, his first quality start in seven was this one that he had on Thursday, so no. No Jose Quintana for me. There are a couple other interesting ones here, though, Frank. Um, All right, who you got? 
I mentioned Clayton Kershaw has a start at Colorado, but I think he's an easy yes. Uh, let's see. George Kirby gets the Orioles and the Athletics. I just want to point it out mainly. I mean, yeah. he's he's not available on the waiver wire, but those matchups are really good. So George Kirby, I think, is worth using. I mentioned Tyone against Oakland and Cleveland. Jordan Montgomery, his teammate, same thing. Makes him advisable. Tarek Skubal's been rocky lately, but one of his two matchups is against the Royals, so I, I think you would stick with him. Uh, two other pitchers, Tyler Anderson and Zach Gallen, are making a start at Coors Field. Mm. I don't think either of them is automatic the way Kershaw is, but I would still lean yes on both of them. And let's see. Sonny Gray is going against the Guardians and the Orioles. So normally I'm not one to recommend Gray, but I think those matchups are good enough where I'd, I'd proceed with him as well. All right. George Kirby, by the way, uh, I moved him up the rankings quite a bit. SP 51 for me now. It's just kind of moving a lot of other pitchers down. So he's he's worked his way up, but he's been pretty good. And those matchups are amazing next week. So yep. do love that quite a bit. All right. Some two-star pitcher sleepers that you are looking to add. Who you have? Not a lot. It's not a great <laughs> week for sleeper pitchers. Uh, unless somebody like George Kirby happens to be available in your leagues on a gray, maybe. I don't know. Not on CBS. That's for sure. So the best I can suggest this week is Michael Waka, who himself is rostered in 75% of leagues. Hard to believe. At Toronto, not so great. At the Cubs, better. Uh, I don't think I'd touch him outside of points leagues, though. I know the ERA is good, but a lot of short starts in there, and and just the underlying number's not so great. But if you need an extra start, and you're wanting to look on the waiver wire, he's probably the best you could do. Keegan Thompson is coming off two good starts. The last time he had a two-start week, it was two of the worst starts you'll ever see. So I'm wary of... of uh, of giving Keegan Thompson another shot, but he gets the Reds and the Red Sox this week. You know, obviously like that Reds matchup more than the Red Sox, but he's making two starts is the bottom line. Ross Stripling, who's been pretty good again, in a way I don't entirely trust. He is 44% rostered. He gets the Red Sox and Rays. So, you know, his matchups aren't the greatest, but Hey, he's making two starts. And then, uh, I'll go ahead and mention him. He's he's in the uh, Eric Fetty. He's in the the do not start section of the two start pitcher rankings. But I guess I guess maybe this is my fortune favor is the Brave <laughs> pick because he gets the Pirates and the Marlins. He's only eight percent rostered. His last start was pretty good. He hasn't, you know, most of his starts aren't aren't haven't been terrible, but they haven't been that great either. So maybe with those two matchups, Eric Fetty. Highly available. He's somebody you could look at. Yeah, I was going to say, Scott, don't waste your uh, fortune favors. <laughs> you know, don't don't put him in the sleeper section. You need him for, for fortune I, favors. Well, he's in my so. 10, like in the column, 10 sleeper pitchers. Eric Fetty's going to be in it. And that's, that's how bad of a week it is for sleeper pitchers. Yeah, maybe put a little asterisk next to his name or something like that. Are you brave enough to buy crypto right now? If you are, then you should probably use Eric Fetty and who I'm about to tell you to use. Zach Plesak. I'm back, baby. <laughs> this most recent stretch, again, don't actually use Zach Plesak, but if you're desperate, he's going up against the Minnesota Twins and the Yankees next week. Uh, don't really like those matchups, and he will be facing the Twins two starts in a row, so don't love that either. Uh, but he has pitched better recently, and the control has been very good for Zach Plesak. I think Giolito's probably in that conversation too, you know, if you're feeling brave, especially in a uh, categories league. But uh, yeah, those are your... Fortune favors the brave two-star pitchers for next week. How about some streamers, some single starters? A little better because there's no way it could be worse than that two-start selection. John Gray at the Royals, three of his last four starts have been terrific. That's obviously a great matchup. Josiah Gray, he's exactly 80% rostered, so I'm going to go ahead and include him here. He gets the Marlins. Uh, Taiwan Walker against the Rangers. His strikeouts have been way up his last two starts. I believe he's starting again over the weekend, so hopefully it doesn't all fall apart. I'm not really sure why his strikeouts are up. He's been using a slider more, but not enough that I would think it'd make that big of a difference. But yeah, the Rangers, pretty good matchup there. Marco Gonzalez has been hot. I 
would expect it to continue against the Athletics. Though I, he's also making a start over the weekend, so we'll see if uh, if it doesn't fall apart before then. And then I mentioned earlier, Alex Wood gets the Tigers next week. It's not like he got knocked around against the Braves, really. He had some, some bad luck, uh, maybe struggled with control a bit. But against the Tigers lineup, I think Alex Wood should be able to deliver better results. All right, let's move over to the hitters. The best matchups for next week, the Twins, the Guardians, the Mariners, the Blue Jays, and the Nationals. So the... Uh, three of the, there's three, right? Three teams with, yeah. Three, three teams, teams with eight, yeah. Twins, yeah. Guardians, Blue Jays. Yep, all of those are in the best hitter matchups. And then the worst hitter matchups, we have the Giants, the Padres, the Phillies, the Cardinals, and the Mets. With that being said, which hitters are you looking to add? All right. We're going to try our hand with Alex Kirloff this week, I believe, because, yes, the Twins have the best matchups. They have eight games. They, uh, as things stand now, they're not scheduled to face any lefties. Kirilov, of course, is a left-handed batter. They do have a couple TBAs in there, so maybe the Twins end up facing a left-hander or two, but not a good one. And so Kirilov, he had hit safely in every game prior to Thursday since being called up, hasn't really gone off yet. But I think this is going to be the week. I think I think this is going to be Alex Kirilov's coming out party, and I'm here for it. Also from the Twins, Max Kepler. Not as excited about him, but he also bats lefty. I think his splits are not necessarily what you'd expect from a left-handed hitter, but still, good matchups for Max Kepler. Oscar Gonzalez I like a lot this week. You mentioned the Guardians have the second-best matchup, also eight games. He has been hitting the ball very hard. He homered. He homered again on Thursday, right? Back-to-back games with a homer? Yes. Uh, okay, yeah. So he's they're starting to clear the fence now, too. He's only 27% rostered like Oscar Gonzalez a lot. His teammate, Framil Reyes, deserves a mention here. He's only 68% rostered. The Nationals, uh, they have the fifth best matchups. Luis Garcia, I would run him out there. Of course, he's been pretty hot anyway. And I do have three Rockies on the list here because they are at home for a full week. They're playing only six games in one of the two series is against the Dodgers, who have pretty good pitching staff, of course. But Coors Field is still Coors Field. So Brendan Rodgers, who snapped out of a little funk with a four-hit game on Thursday, he's on this list, as are Randall Grichik. Your guy, Frank, Connor Joe, rounds out the, the 10 sleeper hitters for this week. Let's do it. Honestly, I'm rooting for Connor Joe. I hope he proves me wrong. He bounces back and he's amazing and he shoves it in my face and then I can go back to loving him again. That would be amazing. Let's wrap up with some leftovers from Thursday's action. Anything here with these pitchers? Uh, Dean Kramer has quietly been solid over his four starts with the Orioles where he has a 1.71 ERA. He tossed five and two-thirds shutout with 14 swinging strikes on Thursday. Anything here, Scott? I'm going to say no. I was going to, you know, the 14 swinging strikes kind of surprised me, but yeah, we need to see a lot more from that for me to, than that for me to get on the Dean Kramer bandwagon if there is such a thing. The next name up, Devin Smeltzer. He was solid against the Guardians, six shutout with three strikeouts. He does not get many strikeouts at all. He pitches to contact. He does have a 305 ERA and he's 23% rostered. Anything there? Devin Smeltzer. Yeah, surprising how good the ERA and WHIP are because he had been pretty bad lately prior to this start, and I just I don't think there's enough talent there. He does have two starts next week at Cleveland and and versus Baltimore, but it's still now. Does fortune favor the brave there, Frank? Uh, maybe, maybe so on Devin Smeltzer. Kyle Freeland turns in a seven-inning quality start at the Marlins. He did have five strikeouts, 13 swinging strikes. Anything here? He can be streamable at times, but not any kind of priority off the waiver wire. On the other side, Braxton Garrett was not great, but he did have seven strikeouts and 16 swinging strikes. He's throwing his slider a lot more this season. Anything to see on Braxton Garrett? I mean, I, I think I think you can keep an eye on Braxton Garrett. He was a pretty good prospect once upon a time, former first-round pick, had some arm troubles in the minors. 
his fastball velocity is up a mile per hour this year. He is using the slider more. Hasn't actually gotten good results yet, so probably nothing here. But uh, yeah, don't don't totally forget the name Braxton Garrett in case he does have a couple good starts in the future. All right. Some hit hitters that are heating up. Freddie Freeman went two for five with his eighth home run. He's now has three homers over his last four games. So that power stroke coming back around for Freeman. Carlos Correa, we mentioned earlier, he is on fire. He went three for four. And since returning 13 games, 364 batting average, four homers, an OPS over 1,000, crushing the ball, 93.5 miles per hour, average exit velocity, the barrel rate looks great for Correa. Uh, Alex Bregman went two for four, hit his ninth home run. He has three straight multi-hit games, and over his last seven, he's betting 375 with three homers. And Adley Rutschman, very quietly, two for four, hit his second home run, and in the month of June, he's hitting 250, which is not great, but two homers, eight doubles, a 780 OPS, all right, slow and steady. On yeah, I mean, better, prospects. even better than that recently. Yep. If you if you don't do the whole month of June, yeah, it's nice to see. Nice to see Freddie Freeman starting to get some balls over the fence. He makes his return to Atlanta this weekend. That's going to be an emotional fair yes, for everyone, indeed. I would imagine. Yes, indeed. Um, but maybe he, he hits a couple more home runs. We'll see. All right. Speaking of those Dodgers, Max Muncy went three for four, hit his fifth home run. He is batting 170. He's still 95% rostered, and I get it because we've seen the upside. We know how good he could be. He was a top 50 overall player in Roto last season. When he's going good, he's fantastic in points leagues as well. Scott, what do we do with Max Muncy? Well, he has a game. When he has a game like this, it makes you rethink everything. <laughs> right. Because, oh, maybe this is the start of it. Since coming back from that stint on the IL with, with inflammation in the elbow that we know is messed up, he hadn't really, he had a fir good first game back. Remember, he homered, he had, a, I think, three, four hits. Uh, but he had done basically nothing since then. And his average exit velocity was only 87 miles per hour. So it's not like he was hitting the ball harder, still having issues with that. And I still think the likeliest explanation for what's going on with him this season is is that his elbow is messed up. But, you know, a game like this makes you rethink it. And he's still great at getting on base. I think it's even harder in some ways to drop him in points leagues because of that. Yeah. Uh, you know. He has 40, I, 42 walks to 46 strikeouts. Right. And, and that's even with him not looking like much of a threat yeah. at the plate. So almost wonder if he's being too selective, you know? His swing percentage is down this year. Just not swinging as much. Yeah, maybe. I don't think he's available in any of my leagues. No, he's not. So, I mean, 95% rostered. I just, you know, at one point, do we think about dropping him? But I, yeah, I understand well, why I think, it's tough. I think we're already at the point where we think about dropping him. Yeah. And if it's a, if it's a shallow league, if... if if, if that's who I need to drop to get that that coveted player on my roster, I, I, I think I would, but I, I, I'd rather wait longer if, if, if I could. Give it, I don't know, until the All-Star break. Uh, and, and then at that point, I think maybe we could say more definitively. Of course, the deeper we get into the season, the more definitively we can say anything. But ideally, you would continue to hold on to Max Muncy. I understand if you have to drop them. I'm I'm not I'm not saying that's off the table at all. All right, some hitting leftovers. Cody Bellinger, lots of Dodgers talk. Uh, he maybe had his best game of the season. He went three for four with a sock and a shoe. His ninth home run, his ninth stolen base. So from that perspective, he hasn't been awful, but he's he's batting two thirteen, and there's no way around that. So the batting average is terrible, but uh, some some counting stats, some some power and speed for Bellinger. It's uh, It's been a weird go. He's another one. Tough to figure out. Brian Reynolds went one for four, hit his 12th home run. He is having a massive June, 364 batting average, five homers, an OPS over 1,000. Tommy Pham went two for five, hit his 10th home run. He is exactly the 33rd ranked outfielder in Roto and head-to-head -head points before this game. Mm. And I think I might have him ranked exactly at 33. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm going to quickly pull up those rankings. Because I have him right in that range, and, and I did not plan that, but that would that would really be something. 
I have him. Wow. Scott, look at that. Genius. I have Tommy Pham 33rd in my outfield rankings. That is that is uncanny. He's having a good year. Shout out to Tommy well, Pham. Suddenly, I mean, every time we talked about it previously, it's like, will he live up to what the data says he should be? And he's still not quite there, but, you know, being a top 35 outfielder, that that makes him must roster, basically, I would say. Must must start in all formats, yeah. Well, must start's going a little far, but... (laughs) But yeah, 12 team leagues, you know, 36 outfielders. If it's a three outfielder league, even 36 outfielders at least are started. So he's he's definitely uh, on the right side of that number. Fam is having a huge June. 296 batting average, five homers, two steals, a 935 OPS. Nice. Awesome for Tommy Pham. Willie Adamas hit his 15th home run. John Carlos Stanton hit his 15th home run. Kyle Schwarber went two for four with his 20th home run. Another one having a truly massive month of June. The call to the bullpen. Some updates here. For the Marlins, Tanner Scott gave up a hit, but strikes out the side for his seventh save. Still just 39% rostered. If you need saves or... Uh, if you lost a Sparp or something in a points league, Tanner Scott is out there for you. Atlanta Braves, we saw Kenley Jansen allowed a solo homer but picked up his 19th save. For the Cubs, David Robertson gave up a solo homer and took his third blown save of the season. For the Twins, Yohan Duran recorded four outs across the 8th and ninth, And then Caleb Thielbar got the final two outs for his first save. He's a 35-year-old lefty and... I believe uh, Emilio Pagan had worked each of the past two days, and Griffin Jacks pitched yesterday as well. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, he had worked. Emilio Pagan had worked each of the last two days, and it had allowed a combined five earned runs. So his ERA is over four now, and yeah, it's I I don't know. I don't know how the Twins are going to handle their bullpen. Obviously, they weren't treating Duran like a closer in this one, and. I, I would guess Emilio Pagan would continue to get chances, but it was weird seeing Caleb Thielbar come in and get a save here. For the Brewers, Josh Hader picked up his 21st save. Oh, those Oakland A's. We were wondering who would pick up the slack with Danny Jimenez out. Does it really matter? Zach Jackson started the ninth inning with a one-run lead. He walked two, and then he got two outs. A.J. Puck entered. All he has to do is get one out. He walks the bases loaded. Wild pitch tie game. He then walks another batter, and on the walk, another wild pitch, which allows the uh, the Mariners to take the lead in the game, 2-1, to one, in a game where Frankie Montas had a no-hitter into the eighth inning. Oakland is just a dumpster fire right now. Uh, and then, for the Mariners, Paul Seawald picked up his fifth save of the season, and if you look at their last four saves, two have gone to Seawald, and two have gone to Diego Castillo. So... <laughs> yep. I don't think that there's an answer there, but those guys will get saves, and maybe even Ken Giles will work his way in. For the Orioles, uh, Jorge Lopez recorded the final two outs for his 12th save, and for the Astros, uh, I'll say this one with a smile on my face. Ryan Presley started the ninth inning he, with a three-run lead. He gave up two walks and then a game-tying home run to Aaron Hicks. Uh, Presley gave up two more hits, was replaced by Ryan Stanek, who gave up a walk-off single to Aaron Judge. To stream or not to stream, we will go into Friday. Taiwan Walker at the Marlins, Mitch Keller at the Rays, Dane Dunning versus the Nationals, Dylan Bundy versus the Rockies in Minnesota, Cole Irvin at Kansas City, Zach Greinke in his return versus the A's, and Michael Lorenzen versus the Mariners. I would... uh, Taiwan Walker at Miami after the way his last two starts have gone. Obviously, that's a... That's a good matchup, good venue. Not that excited about the others. Uh, Lorenzen against the Mariners, Irvin at Kansas City. Those could go okay, but I don't think it'd be me doing it. On Saturday, JT Brubaker at the Rays, Trevor Rogers versus the Mets, Brad Keller versus the A's, Chris Archer versus the Rockies, Alex Fajardo at the Diamondbacks, and Zach Eflin at the Padres. Oh, these are worse. <laughs> Eflin, I'd probably recommend, except he has that knee issue, and it's not even for sure he's making this start. Right. So, nope, it's a pass. 
All right. And then Sunday, we have Rich Hill at Cleveland, uh, Aaron Savali versus the Red Sox, Rowanzi Contreras at the Rays, Brady Singer versus the A's, James Capillion at the Royals, Glenn Otto making his return against the Nationals, Anthony Desclafani in a revenge game against the Reds, and Marco Gonzalez at the Angels. Mm-mm. Mm. Don't like it. Don't like it at all. I don't know. You see anything there? Marco Gonzalez against the Angels? Brady Singer against the A's. <laughs> I mean, the matchup's good. I, I mean, I don't say it with much confidence. I, I think Contreras against Tampa Bay is okay. They actually haven't been great against righties. Uh, 28th and weighted on base average. Okay. But not much confidence there. Uh, so I think Friday is probably your best day for streaming this weekend. We're going to wrap there. For Scott, I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Baseball today. We'll be back again on Monday. Bye-bye. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. As somebody who's been through this, I can tell you these features are so, so incredibly valuable. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools, and their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. The area you live in is just as important as the house itself. You can get to know a neighborhood without ever setting foot in it. Say you're a really active person. You could find out about the nearest parks. Do they have a baseball field? Maybe you want to join a softball league like Chris and I play in. Also, Homes.com collaboration tools makes it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.